Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoma. And the Sooners Extra Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with Joe Masato, fellow beat writer for the Oklahoma. And uh, Joe, it was an interesting uh, press conference on Monday morning, as we heard from Jalen Hurts, we heard from Creed Humphrey, we heard from Kenneth Murray, and then, of course, Lincoln Riley. But uh, the thing that really stood out was the opening statement by Jalen Hurts. And, and usually we don't hear opening statements from anybody except for Lincoln Riley, which is usually a quick look ahead at the week before, a quick, uh, quick look back at the week before, a quick look ahead at the week to come, uh, sometimes some, some injury updates or, or things of that nature. But today we heard one from uh, – Jalen Hurts, for the second time this year, uh, second time since he arrived in Norman, he gave an opening statement. Let's uh, listen to what Jalen Hurts had to say. You know, the culture here at Oklahoma right now is all centered on us playing our standard and us playing our brand of football. Um, and, you know, we try and go out there and have the right mental intensity, right effort, right approach to it, uh, attention to detail and discipline to do our jobs. And I think you know, looking back at this last game we played in, there's a lot of opportunity and room for growth and maturity. Um, a lot of lessons that we can learn from, and we will learn from it. Um, so I think the, the biggest thing as we continue to go on and, and move forward is, is keeping the main thing the main thing and attacking every day and improving every day. So, Joe, what do you make of that? Well, I, I, what I made of it was fear at first because I thought he was going to say, "My, I'm going to start this press conference out by saying I'm not going to talk about Texas this week. I'm only going to focus on the team. He didn't talk about that. Um, but then he spent, I don't know, 12 minutes without saying anything. So it was the, his opening <laughs> statement was by far the most interesting part, I think. Yeah, it certainly was the most interesting. You know, there were some, some nuggets in there. Uh, nothing fantastic. He really liked Vince Young growing up. Uh, talked about how uh, Charlie Strong really liked him, but didn't wouldn't really talk about much else yeah. in the 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 way of uh, Texas recruiting him. But I know that uh, there was a story that came out during his recruiting process that he really was hoping for a Texas offer, and that was one of the schools that, that he'd sort of dreamed about playing for. Yeah, his, his dad was quoted, I, I think, in a 24-7 story a few years back, or I, I think it was maybe after his junior year in high school. Um, you know, Texas was talking to him initially, and he described Texas as the one, as in the one school that Jalen really wanted an offer from. And then when Texas didn't show interest past that, he said it was like a girlfriend breaking up with you. So, you know, he really wanted that Texas offer. Texas ended up going a different route. Shane Bouchel, they were in the same class. Bouchel outperformed him at a camp that Texas was at, watching both him and Hertz, um, you know, worked out better for Hertz, uh, obviously. <laughs> um, worked yeah, out pretty well for Shane Bouchel now, I guess. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's turned out to be okay for yeah. Shane Bouchel, though it took a while to get there for right. For him, as, and then Austin Kendall was in OU's class in 2016. So yeah, so <laughs> I mean, quarterback recruiting is so different from any other position, just because there's only one of them can, that can be on the field. You know, if you recruit two great running backs, two great receivers, um, two great offensive linemen, you can always find ways to use both of them. There's really no way 
tenable way to use two quarterbacks. So it's, it's so much different. Texas clearly fell in love with Shane Bouchelle. Uh, it didn't work out for him great in Austin, but he's uh, playing really well now and has a, a top 25 team again. But it worked out all right for Jalen Hurts in the end. It was funny because, um, you know, once we got him on this, you know, talk about Texas, talk about your recruitment, what was it about Charlie Strong? There's probably three or four questions along those same lines. And then I think one of them was like, well, like, what would you like? I don't know. I'm going to mess this up, but why Alabama over Texas? And then he was like, because I went to Alabama or something yeah, like I, that. Uh, here, here's the the answer, uh, all six words of it. I ended up uh, – why didn't you go to Texas? I ended up going out, going to Alabama. What was different about Alabama? I just ended up going there. That That it, is true. The difference between Alabama and Texas is that Hertz did go to Alabama, not Texas. So I suppose he is right in the <laughs> simplest of terms. Yeah, which is sort of the way he operates. Yeah. The, the, I mean, he's very businesslike, very straightforward, and very much uh, uh, the the simplest of terms, I think, is the best way uh, to, to put what Jalen Hurts is. But uh, More, you know, more so today, really, than in the past. I mean, he's been like this the whole season, but I don't know if he's been this short with us. Do you think that was a combination? Uh, do you think it was – what happened on Saturday in Lawrence where OU didn't come out of the gate with much fire at all and it took them a while to finally get going and uh, looked a little bit less than sharp? Was it about Texas this week and and wanting to sort of refocus things or a combination or or something else, Joe? I think it's mainly Texas because, you know, OU played it very safe with their press conference today. Kenneth Murray, Creed Humphrey, Jalen Hurts, not guys who are going to, say anything that OU is not going to like. Um, we, we dropped the ball today, though. We really should have asked Creed Humphrey about horns down. Yeah, we should Because he's the one guy who loves to throw the horns he down. He probably would not have said anything, but it was it should have been I, – I should have asked that. I asked Lincoln about Well, I didn't say you should have asked it. Well, I mean, I should have because I'm writing about it. But um, he – yeah, he's been – he's thrown the horns down. So is Kenneth Murray. I don't – I don't think Jalen Hurts has – but anyway, this uh, it was it was kind of a boring lineup of players today, and I think it's Texas week. I mean, it, this just gets drilled into them not to create any bulletin board material. There was bulletin board material last year at this time when Kyler said no comment when asked about Sam Ellinger, uh, and that sort of took off. <laughs> yeah, but that's not Jalen Hurts. That's no. not what he's about to do. So um, he just says no comment about everything, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he he said. Uh, you know, there were a couple answers that he went, you know, multiple sentences with, but it wasn't much. There was uh, Barry's answer, Barry's question about not playing in a difficult fourth quarter. Didn't I mean it? Didn't really enlighten us a ton with the answer, but talked about the opportunity to learn from previous games and there's value and substance to everything. And then uh, uh, talking about how the defense helps their offense, he. he uh, answered with a, a couple more questions or a couple more sentences and then uh he kept saying i think he said like four or five times keep the main thing the main thing yes and what is and the over. main thing well i asked him that um and i asked him if it was winning is it improving is it winning championships what is it and and here is uh what jalen hurts had to say main thing is going out there and 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 
attacking every single day, every opportunity we have to get better, attacking it, and, and, and trying to improve, taking big steps. That's the main thing. So that is what the main thing is. Um, so it, it, interesting start to the week yeah. uh, for, for OU Texas. But, uh, you know, as, as different as he is versus Baker Mayfield and, and Kyler Murray, it's still interesting to hear hear that difference uh, yet again uh, going into this week. Yeah, and it's interesting to have, you know, this run of OU quarterbacks from Texas who didn't get Texas offers and how they sort of talk about that. But more so with the rivalry, um, you know, Kyler Murray did, but J- Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. did not. But more so with the rivalry, it's almost like Jalen Hurts seemed turned off to just – talking about how grand the rivalry is because in the back of his mind you could almost see like i've played in in, in the iron bowl I, i've i've played against auburn that he didn't seem like he thought that you know this was that big of a deal and it is a big deal <laughs> and i think he knows that but I, I don't think he wants to tell us he knows that i mean that's just sort of how jalen hurts has been all year very uh, business-like very much not getting caught up in any kind of pageantry that is college football or is ou football Joe, do you think that's just because of the way that his focus is and it's sort of single-mindedly on, you know, winning and winning a, a championship? Is that just his personality? Is it sort of a dismissiveness to uh, to this, I don't know, I want to say program, but this sport? What do you think's behind that? I don't know. I mean, this guy is just a total enigma to me. We, we've tried to diagnose his personality all year and haven't quite been able to do it. And it's hard because, you know, the those closest to Jalen don't really want to talk for a story. And I don't know if that's his doing or, you know, just their doing. But they've they've – everyone around him and him especially has remained so quiet and – I, I think business, like like you said, is the right way to do it. Like he's got one year here, he's just came here to play one season of football, basically, and that goal was to win. And I, I think anything else that he's asked about that he perceives as getting in the way of that mission, he just sort sort of brushes off. Yeah. So uh, we'll see though how Jalen Hurts performs on Saturday uh, against Texas down in the Cotton Bowl. He started uh, what two Iron Bowls, gone uh, one and one in those games, played really well in one of them, uh, didn't put up great numbers in the other one. We'll see how he performs uh, in the Cotton Bowl against Texas in a little bit different environment. The uh, Iron Bowl used to be a lot like uh, OU Texas with uh, not with they didn't have the split down the 50-50 down the 50-yard line I don't believe but they used to play uh, play in Birmingham every year but that's it's been a while a while since that happened they uh, go on campuses home and home now but we're going to take a break there with the Sooners Extra podcast want to make sure that you're listening to Red River Rivalry Radio this week you can find that at redriverrivalryradio.com you can also find it uh, linked on the on oklahoman.com and of course we'll be uh, pushing that out on social media it's a 24 hour 7 day long pop up radio station celebrating this historic rivalry between the Sooners and the Longhorns We're live right now uh, through Saturday's showdown, and I'm Ryan Aber, and this is the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's.
Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast, presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. Joe, first uh, segment was all about Jalen Hurts. Now let's turn our attention to another person who's new to this rivalry, and that's Alex Grinch. Uh, the, The defense... I think everybody is aware of what happened last year. This was the this game was the the straw that broke the camel's back as it relates to defensive coordinator Mike Stoops, and it's it threw everything into motion to get to where we are today, which is uh, a defense that I think everybody, all of us, believes is better. Still, a question of how much better they are. But uh, Alex Grinch gets his first shot against the Longhorns on Saturday. Yeah, first shot against Texas, and you know. You know, can't can't mention Texas's offense without Sam Ellinger and just how good he's been this year. Um, 290 passing yards per game, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's top 15 in, in basically every major passing category. Um, and everyone remembers what he did in this game last year. He had two passing touchdowns. He had three rushing t- touchdowns. They couldn't stop him on the ground, couldn't stop him through the air with those big Texas wideouts. Colin Johnson is going to play Saturday. I, I just saw a report about that. So, you know, they've they've got weapons, and this will, you know, we, we keep talking about Houston. Houston's the best offense they've faced so far. Texas's offense is, is far better than Houston, so this will just be a huge test. Yeah, it will be, and especially on the secondary. Um, we've talked about this a lot, the improvement that we've seen out of, out of those guys, uh, out of Parnell Motley who uh, didn't have his best game uh, on on Saturday in Lawrence, but Jaden Davis continues to perform uh, very well. Trey Brown, um, we'll see how the safeties hold up, but I think that's one area I'm really interested in seeing the way that those guys react to things because um, they're better. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but uh, they're going to face a group of receivers unlike any uh, that they've seen to this point. Yeah, and this game's going to be interesting because all of the talk so far this season, because of the schedule, and yeah, they've definitely played better. There's absolutely no disputing that. But the talk of their improvement, I think, would go away almost instantly if Texas, you know, scored, ran up 50 points on them and they, they couldn't stop Ellinger, stuff like that. And it starts with the secondary, you know, if, if they're not if they're just getting beat on, on wide open passes like what happened last year. So it's it'll be interesting because this is the true measuring stick on, you know, yes, they're different, they're better. How much different, how much better? Yeah, and uh, I think they're significantly better. I'm not sure yet, um, you know, what that means. Um you know, does that mean they can hold hold Texas in the you know less than twenty eight points? Does it mean you know holding them under forty? Um, but I, I don't think we're going to see Texas receivers just running all up and down the field, and that's as much about what OU does in the front seven as what they do on the back end. Um, I, I thought I think Neville Gallimore is is playing really well to this point. You know, and I think he's a guy specifically that has a chance to be uh, a disruptive force on, on Saturday if he can make uh, make plays there and make it a little bit more difficult for Sam Ellinger to have much time in the pocket to work. Yeah, we, we were looking up some uh, 
pro football focus stats on the way back from the Kansas game and saw just how dominant he has been even when it hasn't showed up on the stat sheet. Just, you know, when OU's only rushing three, he still managed to put pressure on the quarterback and and be disruptive in the middle of that OU defensive line. And we do when we talk about the defense improving, I, I do think it is the line in particular. Ronnie Perkins is a heck of a player. Gallimore's a heck of a player. Then they've, you know, got guys like Jalen Redmond up there. Marcus Tripling is a young guy. Um, they're, they're they're deeper there too, where they're rotating basically six guys for for three spots. So this is a game where you know emotions are high. I mean, it's physical. Um, you know, and, and I think Alex Grinch's whole philosophy of you know wanting to be at least too deep at every position and play that many guys. I think it could sort of pay off for a game like this. Yeah, I think this is really where that depth shows itself because this is when those guys are going to get pushed where the freshness that those guys will feel in the fourth quarter uh, becomes evident versus you know the way that they've worn down some uh, last year and uh, so I, I think this is the first week that we really can get a sense of the job that Alex Grinch uh, has done there one guy that we haven't talked about much to this point is, is Kenneth Murray and he had a sort of a rude introduction to this game uh, a few years ago as uh, Texas tried to go right at him. But, uh, you know, I, I think that he's a guy who has a chance to, to have a big, big impact on this game as well. Yeah, and he, he talked about last year's game and how it's he hasn't watched film of it as much as he talked about watching film of that Rose Bowl game against Georgia. Um but he said that this has been replaying kind of over and over in his mind and, and wants a second shot at them and talked about how much it hurt to see Texas players celebrating on the field at the Cotton Bowl after that game. So, you know, it's a – I don't know. This week always just has a different feel to it. And Kenneth Murray is one of those guys that has to be at the center of it if OU's defense is going to play well. Yeah, so uh, what – Joe, we haven't made predictions yet, and we'll – We'll go to that at some point, but uh, to to you to this point, how many points do you foresee uh, Texas scoring on Saturday? Man, I, I was just thinking about this because I I the over under seventy three and a half. Oh, use a ten and a half point favor. I was surprised. I don't know what it's at today. We're recording this Monday afternoon. It opened at ten and a half. I think everyone's thought was that sounds a little high. Yeah. So um, that's what would you say the over under was? 73 and a half so that's like a 42 so a 40, 32 ba- 42 31 yeah, 40, something like that yeah it's so that's uh that's interesting yeah to, to see that i mean i don't it's not going to surprise me if either of those things happen uh if that's the number i think i would maybe put it i might take the under right now if i'm uh yeah if i'm betting yeah i don't know i I think it might be pretty close. I think. Uh, I mean, that's that's the whole point of of numbers, whether they be spreads or or over unders, is to make it difficult on you. But I mean, I think thirty. I think if if Oklahoma holds Texas to thirty, they've got a really good chance to win the game and probably feel good about their defense. Yeah, I would agree with that. But uh, we'll we'll give our full predictions on the uh, second episode of the podcast of the week. But uh, we're going to take a break right there and come back for the third and final segment of 
the Sooners Extra podcast. Don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store or on the Google Podcasts app or wherever you listen. Uh, We really appreciate it, and thanks for tuning in each week. This is the Sooners Extra podcast presented by Zaxby's. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. Joe, every time these teams meet, well, I say that, the last few times that these teams meet, one of the big storylines is the horns down gesture. I think it really sort of blew up last year after West Virginia did it and was called for a couple penalties. Obviously, it was a big storyline going into the last year's Big 12 championship game. Uh, you sort of started delving into this a little bit. The origins of horns up, the origins of horns down. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your your conversations that you've had. Yeah, so um, I, it was just a – really cool conversation his name is hk pitts he's he's the one who started horns up and he did it in 1956 he was a junior at texas uh he's 88 now he wears a shirt when he goes to texas games that says like i started the horn the horns up uh signal so it's you know it's got a long history maybe not quite as long as as some people would think texas didn't have any sort of hand signal before then and i kind of wanted to to find him and talk to him with the premise of the story being okay you started this iconic hand signal that every texas fan does how does it make you feel when you see oklahoma fans turn it upside down and for all the controversy that surrounds this thing and for everyone who's offended and for everyone on the other side who just thinks it's silly he says, I do not care. Like, I think it's funny. So I think if the guy who started this, the hand signal doesn't care <laughs> if people turn it upside down, everyone should probably just let this thing go. Joe, what's your feelings on it? And why do you think it's become such a big issue in the last year versus, you know, the last however many long years OU fans have been throwing it down. I know, heck, you know, I've been uh, following OU football on some level since uh, the mid '80s, and it's it's been a thing for as long as I can remember. Um, but what's your take on it? I don't know. I mean, get, get that, you in trouble that's, here a little that's bit. That's the short answer of it. Like, I I don't know why. First, I was going to say Twitter, but Twitter's also been around for ten years or more. 2007 maybe 2009 i don't know um but anyway like i I think social media has a lot to do with it i think sam ellinger talking about it had a lot to do with it i think west virginia being flagged for it like a non ou team being penalized for it um started it and this thing all bubbled over with ou and texas meeting in a big 12 championship game for the first time and having i mean you've got you know commissioner of the big 12 he's he's talking about it i mean everyone head of officials at big 12 media day like i i don't really know what started it but it seems like it's a ridiculous yet relevant storyline yeah that's about the perfect way to put it ridiculous yet relevant yeah 
because I think all of us realize sort of the ridiculousness of it. But I, I'm with you on a lot of factors. I think uh, West Virginia being penalized for it, the, those refs throwing the flags for it last year had a lot to do with it. I sort of thought that that was silly. Um, you know, I part of me understands not wanting to – have players taunting with it and things like that. And certainly you don't want to see players getting into the other players' faces with it. But if you score a touchdown and you flip a horns down, so what? Yeah. You know, if you don't want them scoring, if you don't want them celebrating, if you don't want them taunting, you know what? Go stop them. Uh, and, I, and I say this, horns down, horns up, you know, whatever. I think it's the same way for, for blowout games and, and things like that. You want to, you know, obviously – carry yourself with class and, and sportsmanship but you know there's a line there and, and I didn't think that that crossed it I think the fact that those flags were thrown really amplified things and I think Sam Ellinger with what he had to say afterwards certainly didn't help yeah uh, when he was talking about oh we'll remember everybody who throws the <laughs> horns down yeah I, so what I think how about you just go play yeah. and you know again I'd say that if it was an OU player uh, you know uh, a Texas player, whatever, just go out there and play. And if you win, then you celebrate. It, you know, I you know, would say the same thing last year for uh, the the Sam Ellinger Kyler Murray controversy. Sam Ellinger won the won that meeting in October, and you know if Kyler Murray takes takes offense to that, then then tough. Yep. And I I asked Lincoln Riley today how he's going to address it with his team, and he. He was very short and direct in his response, and he just said, and our players honest, won't do he, it. Let's be honest. He's wrong, too. I'm, not, I'm not saying that no. They'll for sure do it after the game if they win. Oh, do you yeah. think they'll do it during the game? I don't necessarily know during the game, but like when they come out of the tunnel, I guarantee you they're going to be players, yeah. and I guarantee you one of those players is probably going to be Creed Humphrey. Uh, That's why I thought it was interesting down. how, like, defiant he was today and like he seemed very confident our players won't do it that's all he said i tried to think of like a a follow-up and i was like well he he answered my question like i don't really have anything else (laughs) yeah i mean i don't anticipate OU doing it you know when they score a touchdown but you know we talked to uh the coordinator of officials for the big 12 before the season bob bowlsby as you said addressed it and the answer is it's not a penalty unless it's taunting so if it's done toward on the OU end uh, toward the fans a sort of a celebratory yeah, thing or with if your it's teammates done or with your on fans. the bench uh, as a celebratory thing then it's not going to be a big deal you know officials aren't going to be looking for you know a, a guy you know three rows deep on the bench throwing the horns down and, and throw a flag on him yeah so sort of ridiculous yeah he basically Greg Burks the director of Big 12 officials said it's just like any other taunting penalty. Although my response is no, it isn't <laughs> because like this one is very tied to one school in particular. But his point was, you know, if you taunt another team, if you th- do anything to another team, that's a penalty. If you do whatever celebration on your own sidelines, that's not a penalty. Now, the easy way for OU to avoid any problem is to keep their hands from signaling horns down but they're all going to be taking a, a horns down picture if they win, and Texas is sure going to flash the horns up, which is well within the rules. Which you know, it should be because it's their hand signal. But it's just <laughs> this is just a crazy thing. I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's absurd, 
but it's interesting and it at least gives us something to talk about right joe yeah it does it's i think i mean do you think it'll go away like no. when sam ellinger's gone or no i think this is here to stay as sort of a, a point um because here's the deal. Oh, oh, for one thing and we talked about this last year leading up to the big 12 championship game the fact that the big 12 uh flagged west virginia for it the fact that they sort of came out and there was sort of some back and forth over whether it would be allowed or whether it wasn't all that did is amp up the ou fans to do it more yeah because you can't legislate what they do um which sort of in turn you know fires up the the players to do it when they you know when it's smart to do it i guess is what i should say um so I no i, I don't think this thing's going away anytime soon yeah i want to figure out like was west virginia the first team to be penalized for that i don't know i think we need to know that for uh, the oklahoma this week i do too like nah i don't know it'll it'll be interesting so we'll try to tie in some maybe, of the uh, historical parts and maybe uh call up Barry Switzer, see what he has to say. <laughs> that's always that's a default. good idea. There's zero doubt about that. Maybe maybe you could try to, you know, call up the Carolina Panthers and get Will Greer on the phone. Yeah. That's not a bad idea either. Yeah, we just we use these things to come up with story ideas. <laughs> that's right. And, and this story is just like brainstorming and, session. Yeah. It's uh it is always good, but no, I don't, I don't think it's going away uh, anytime soon for sure. Whether or not Sam Ellinger is is on the sidelines, uh, you know, for for the Longhorns, so uh, certainly going to be a big uh, topic of conversation on uh, on Saturday and, and beyond. But we're going to wrap up this edition of the Sooners Extra Podcast. There, we're going to be back later in the week. Got uh, got some guests for you. In our uh, other episode uh, for the week, we'll have answer your mailbag questions. If you have any mailbag questions, feel free to email me, R-A-B-E-R, at Oklahoman.com, or reach out on Twitter, at R-Y-A-B-E-R. Uh, Joe, you know the drill. Jay Masato at Oklahoman.com, and that's at Joe underscore Masato, M-U-S-S-A-T-T-O, on Twitter. So, yeah, reach out to us. Ask us, uh, ask us any questions you want us to address. Uh, and like I said, we'll we'll answer a few in the mailbag question. I I can tell you for sure we've got uh, Trey Millard is going to join us. One of the guys with one of the uh, iconic plays in this rivalry with the hurdle he did a while ago. Uh, a really interesting conversation, I'm sure, uh, to be had. Might have uh, another guest for you as well. So going to be a good one. But uh, also make sure you listen to Red River Rivalry Radio dot com uh this week for for a lot more ou texas coverage uh a lot of uh interesting insights um i don't know about if there's any interesting insights for myself uh, on there i'll let you make that determination but don't be too hard cer- on certainly from barry trammell from from joe masato from uh, our our friends down at the austin american statesman brian davis kirk bowles Cedric Golden, some really good stuff there. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Once again, the Sooners Extra Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. You can check out our work every day at the Oklahoman and every morning at oklahoman.com for the best OU coverage anywhere. Anywhere.